Happy fourth. Happy fourth. I guess fifth. Are we? Is are we in it? Is it happening? I guess so. This feels a little anticlimactic considering what today is. Yeah. But also, we just have to like uh, accept ourselves wherever we're at. I guess so. And we are recording this after we've just done two two big interviews. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, it is our hundredth episode. Happy hundredth. Hundred episodes. I can't believe it. I mean, should we just stop? Maybe. Doing the show? I don't think it can get any better. Yeah. Should we just retire on top? Maybe. Um, I I don't even know where to begin. I'm I'm so grateful that I get to do this show with Dave Holmes every week. I I love working with you on this. You it's it has been such a joy, truly. Such a joy, and I feel like we're and we're and it's we're also growing in a way that yeah. I didn't expect us to do at this. You know, you sort of get through the first year, and you uh-huh. think like, okay, well, so that's what that's where we're at. That's what we're right. going to be. But luckily, we have continued to at least they let us keep coming back to Earwolf. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not. Uh, I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. We're allowed in the building still, which is a thrill. And, you know, we're recording this right before 4th of July weekend, yep. so we're not coming in with uh, a, a, you know, um, we're not going to do a full package of favorite past episodes yeah. and all of the things that we probably should have done to celebrate the 100th. No, you know what? Sometimes you just have to let the moment just kind of wash over you. And you know? this this episode is a big moment. Yeah. Our first non-gay guest. Our first, non- our first cis straight guest is here Finally. and it couldn't be more appropriate and we chose Casey Wilson for a couple of reasons one of them we talk about this in the show is that she is is the reason that I'm here I mean D- Dave Holmes is already Dave Holmes but I you know had no business podcasting but because I was you know uh lucky enough to do bitch sesh several times and then she let me do this kind of mini series on her feed uh-huh. uh it was really that was my entree into podcasting that turned into this show yeah she is the reason for these hundred episodes i and uh also because uh at the same time that we're recording this we are recording this spinoff mm-hmm. which we haven't talked too much about but no we have this is a great foray yeah it is coming very soon ladies and gentlemen yeah um and the thing okay Let's set, should we set the stage? Yeah. I, you know, a thing that occasionally comes up um, when when I talk about uh, this podcast uh, with, with other people who are sort of not in the world of comedy or podcasting or whatever, or when I uh, write something that references uh, the fact that I am gay, uh, sometimes I get the thing of like, why do you have to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Like still. And, um, and a hundred episodes of this podcast and all the people that we've met doing it remind me every single time why it's so important. You know, the experience of, of growing up gay is a, is a unique thing. You know, it is, it's a thing that is, that is, can be very thrilling, can be traumatic, can be, um, you know, can be awful, can be wonderful, but it is almost always something that you at least partially have to do, uh, in solitude. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and that changes a person. It makes you it makes you a tougher kind of person. You know, and the shit that that we have both had to survive, and all of our guests have had to survive, and all of our listeners have had to survive. I think are really interesting, and I love hearing those stories. And and so we decided let's go a little bit deeper. 
Let's talk to people who are experts in in the, the LGBT world, yeah. you know, psychologists, um, people who uh, work with LGBT youth, people who uh, who work in the world of uh, of homelessness, specifically in the, the world of LGBT people and youth. Um, people who really understand the world, historians, and historians, people that you know, we 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 tend our, our homophilia guests tend to be celebrities and kind of big pop culture names, and some of these people you have definitely heard of. Some of the, the people in the spinoff you haven't, yeah, but the they are um, esteemed right in all of their fields, uh, and it's been such a fun experience recording. Yeah. I don't think we've even told people the name. We haven't. Would you like to announce it, Dave? I think, Matt, it's all you. You came up with it. I don't think I did, but the I name of it is Momophilia. Momophilia. Because there's more. There's Mo. There's Mo. There's Mo of this. And uh, and also, as um, part of this project, uh, it's the angle is sort of experts and allies. Yeah. So we're also featuring some of our favorite allies. And those are people you have definitely heard of sure. and people that wouldn't necessarily get to be on the regular show since we uh, discriminate against yes. all non-queer mm-hmm. guests. Yeah, which we will continue to do. And we'll continue to do, but today is sort of a special exception because K- Casey transcends sexuality and gender, yeah. but also um, because this is kind of a nice uh, intro yeah. to Momophilia. Momophilia, experts and allies coming your way on Stitcher Premium. Very, very soon. Yeah, we're uh, we're so excited. I, I've loved doing this. It has been enlightening and empowering and great. Um, I mean, I, I feel like we should talk about fav- favorite memories of the last hundred episodes, but I truly, I'm drawing a blank. It's I as if too. we just started today. I know, I know. I want to say my favorite episode is the one that people are about to hear. Yeah, it's wow. a really good it's, one. <laughs> it's a really good one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this has been such a ride and it just gets better and better. Yeah, it really does. Thank you for doing this with me, Matt. Thank you for doing this with me, Dave. You are the best. You are the best. I'm so lucky to get to do this with you every week. Thank you. I feel the exact same way. Um, Casey Wilson, folks. We're back with Casey Wilson. Casey. Catherine. Hi, Catherine Rose. Um, you're wearing a shirt that says Phenomenal Mother, okay. which I know you're not happy about. Not happy about. It, I, as I was saying, would mind just a mediocre mother, but this was like for the immigrant crisis, someone sent this to take photos. So this is actually a shirt that's more of a political statement, certainly not about my own mother. I disagree. But could you tell people um, the story? They'll all have seen it by now. But the story behind a recent Instagram post that you uh, put up about Max? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Okay. So my son is a in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He's very odd. <laughs> and he's he's very cute, but he's four. And he's a different – he's a – you know, horse of a different color. <laughs> and last night I was lying in bed with him and I said, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, a stranger. And I said, huh. <laughs> and he said, or someone who just goes to the movies and doesn't spend time with anyone and eats popcorn and lemonade, and lemonade there alone. <laughs> okay. Maybe he means like be my audience. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I like don't think see, so though. Go see mom's movies. The one movie I'm in every other year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a, you know... But indoor cat. It, it sounds sad when you say it like that. Yeah. But 
You it, had a different read? I, yeah, I, I felt like you're such kindred spirits that, because I think in many ways that is what you would like to be when you grow That up. was me last night with Big Little Lies and a Domino's pizza and cinnamon sticks. It was Ooh, dark, but fun. That's beautiful. Yeah. I truly thought, I don't know if it gets better than this. Yeah, no. If you're looking for it, I don't know. Yeah. What, so what it. are you, are you watching Big Little Lies this season? I have not seen a single episode this season. You've only missed a few, but where, what are you, where are you at with it? Casey? So the first one I thought was slow, but then I said to my husband, I said, they got me good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Meryl Streep playing creepy. I've never seen her really play that before. Uh-huh. I'm sure she has, sure. but playing creepy yeah. is so rewarding. Those false teeth she's wearing go a long way. They're so upsetting. <laughs> but I, I have to say I'm really liking it. What about you? I mean, oh, it's very soapy, you know? It's ridiculous. It's you know the- what I love about it? And and I think he's one of the finest actors we have, and I love him so much as a human, but I kind of like seeing Adam Scott, and I don't want to use the word relegated because that seems like condescending, but I don't mind seeing a, a well-known actor playing the husband that does not have anything to do. No. Yeah. After I just have played those roles and see, I'm not actually. I don't think I've been allowed to even play those roles, but <laughs> you know what I mean. To see, oh, oftentimes yeah. I've noticed that in big movies with women, they'll have to cast complete unknowns as the husbands, like that. No one will do it. Right, because he is r- truly taking a backseat to all these women, and he, the scenes that he gets, it's oh. it's literally two lines. But scene stealing, of course, as always. Oh yeah, I mean he's. Perfect. Yeah, human. he's perfect. Um, what else are you watching these days besides <sighs> things from the Housewives universe? Yeah, these are the questions that are coming. Okay, I, these you, are my you, greatest you questions. Seem, you seem surprised. No, by Dave, it. I just felt like you gave me such encouragement, such a nice look. Like, okay, go ahead, good. tell them. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I felt, let it out. Let I it felt out. it was permissive. <laughs> So I love, uh, I just saw Fleabag season two, uh, which I thought was a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Truly. And the priest, I know, has been a guest and mm. is a homosexual. Yes. And you learned that very late hard in the way. Game. The very hard way. I'd seen it, <laughs> loved it, thought I'm exiting my marriage, exiting uh-huh. my life. Yeah. And of course, if we meet each other, we will be together. It's not any questions there. But and then I just simply put his name into Google and Google told me gay. Yeah. Yeah. That was so hard to hear. And God bless you all. You, you can. You you get him, but that was hard. Huh. That one I took that one hard. I feel like he's there's... so cute. He's such a Mark Ruffalo. Oh yeah, I he's so talented. I just really I thought we would have something. Yeah, and I, and I, I feel like you still could in a strange way. And I don't think Look, that he. Uh, I do too. I do too, Matt. Thank right? you. I I didn't take that as a closed door. Did David never have with the game? Did David watch Fleabag season two with you? Does yes. he know? So does did he see what you saw? Yes. And he was saying, based on my friendship with Andrew Rannells and you, sure, sure, sure. I'll say that I think Andrew's home Andrew's sexuality is the only thing standing in the way of me leaving my family. That's really <laughs> the only barrier that's there right. for me to fuck up my life in every way. So he must be relieved to know that. David's like, I'm glad someone's holding a boundary. <laughs> and it happens to be a sexuality. It seems to always be on the side of the gay men to hold Oh, it's not on me. I, I have nothing, you know. I'm never going to do that. But I like uh, Fleabag season two. Um, well, of course, you know, my beloved housewives. I'm already sure. always caught up on um, Pen15. Sure. I mean, just. Another masterpiece. The greatest we have. What else am I watching? Oh, you know what I started watching, but this is like for the elders out there, is Fosse Verdon. Mm. <laughs> I know I'm going to love it, and I yep. it's just all waiting for me. It's there for the taking, and right. I was so excited I didn't watch it. 
Because yeah. like I got it coming and I don't even need to see it. I've seen it. Uh-huh. But then when I did see it, I hadn't seen it. What is Michelle well, so. Williams doing? Okay, now may I say. <laughs> <laughs> so you sent me a gift? A, a clip, I want to say. A clip of her brushing a tear away. Oh, and yeah, I, I've seen it. Okay. Yes. And it's a, like she brushes it, but then continues her hand like swirling around her whole head yeah. in a in a dance like. There's fashion. a full Vogue, yeah, fully expression. And I do think where she was coming from with the character, as I would have been, it would have been like my first blurt is like she's always dancing. Yeah. You know, even <laughs> yeah. when she's just uh-huh. wiping a tear away, it's a dance. Mm-hmm. And look, when you see it in context, it's easier to take. Okay, that's good to know. She's either the most magnificent. It's either the most magnificent performance, or were as you said. She's pulled one over on us. Yeah. Well, I, I still believe. It's either one or both. And I'm so jealous. Mm. <laughs> no, she's she's great. That's Gwen. What you don't, people don't realize is Gwen Verdon has a very distinct voice. She talks like this. Like I can't even do it, but a, a completely yeah, crazy yeah. voice. So yeah. I actually think she's taken it down. Wow. She's made a more grounded version of a, a crazy character. I think so. And he's so amazing. Sam Rockwell. Sure. Woo. Sure. Woo. Um, you're uh, what we would call a show queen, a show tunes baby, <laughs> a musical theater. That's so exciting. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell people your origin story of musical theater? I mean, I um, I've seen videos of you dancing to chorus line. Yeah, in your parents' bedroom. Yeah, in a bathing suit with yeah. a baton. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw Chorus Line when I was little, little, and I just loved it so much. And then my dad would take me to New York every year to see a show. It was like our big trip because all our other trips were like 20-hour car rides to Kansas City. Mm. But so I saw Cats, and then when I came home, I decided I would put up a Cats, the sequel, with the neighborhood kids. And my dad, in a very like Pollyanna story, found curtains, old curtains in the attic. <laughs> it's so weird. And then just made like a wood cedar block stage yeah, cedar stage. Uh-huh. It was truly like one foot off the ground. It was like that. That's it. That's all you need for a stage and curtains. And I directed and performed in a lot of shows. What was the premise of Cats Two? Yeah. Great question. And and who did you play? So I always play the lead, whichever whoever the cat that was. Yeah. We all. So I brought out ladders, different like different height ladders. And I and I was about eight or nine, and I had all the kids sit on different rungs of the ladders, which created a very visual. Yeah, it's a real tableau. Yeah. Yes, a tableau, and yeah. wear their parents and or thrift store fur coats. Sure. And sing memory. Uh-huh. So we were singing a main song, but I have to say, if someone did Cats the sequel, they would include memory. That's you have to. It's like in Mamma Mia when when it came time to sing. Do you remember to sing Dancing Queen? They yeah. were like, okay, last time Meryl Streep sang it. This time the extras will sing it. <laughs> Coming across the sea on boats. Yeah. And it makes no sense, but yeah. it's like we have to put it in there. Yeah, of it would be so it would be a disrespect to the audience to not include Thank it. Thank you. It would be incomplete without it. Incomplete. So does this sequel take place in cat heaven? Because that's where Grizabella goes at the end, right? Yes. She dies. So I'm not quite sure where on some of the – you're asking questions like where, what. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. I do know I had a small poster of Cats 1 on the backdrop. Uh Just a small poster. Just to remind. Yeah, just to remind where we came from and where we're headed. And then I did a show called Axe in a Big Show, which I wrote. Yeah. And my girlfriend Megan across the street – um, who now lives on a houseboat, will play the lead. And I generously gave her that role and because her mom was making all our costumes. Oh, but nice. she didn't know her lines. Oh, shit. And Meg, so I marched right over correct. there, knock, knock, knock. 
You're fired. <gasps> Took her part. Wow. My mom said, you must give her something. This is unacceptable. So I had so her. So your mom was like, you may. Fi- it's OK. I understand. Yeah. The my mom was yeah. like, we're all good there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, all good there. So I had poor Megan crouched on stage for the entire show with her arm draped over her head and playing a telephone. So I would use her arm as a as the receiver. Oh, Casey. And that's all she There's got to no do? There's no small parts. That's uh, all she got to do. That's a lot. She was on stage the whole time. Sure. I mean. I was just in Always Be My Maybe. It clocked 60 seconds of screen time. We take what we get. And we don't get upset. 60 seconds, though, by the way. I did not watch the film. Michael called me in from the other. I was like, call me when Casey's part comes in. And he yelled. And I came in. And I crawled in bed and watched it on And then you crawled right out. <laughs> I mean, and that is a face that is made for the screen. I'm just one. saying, you know, Megan, you know, I think could have been, was so lucky. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Wait, you why don't... is she living on a houseboat? I don't know. But apparently doing great. I'm sure she's happier than all three of us. Oh, uh, no doubt. When you um, – I was just reminiscing about my own family trips to New York. Oh, when my dad would take Your me. Your dad took to, you. Absolutely. To see shows? To see shows. And and back in the day, you would get out of like Annie and across the street it, on the marquee would say like filthy teens. You know what I mean? Like it was mm-hmm. like yes. – It was that kind of 42nd Street where it was like yeah, that kind the of show 42nd Street and then – the Gaiety Theater right across the street. Yeah. That that was a, a juxtaposition wow. that really turned me on as a kid. You <laughs> yeah. Know? That's, Just the high and the low was like, this is, I need to be in this That's world. everything we have sandwiched on one and then yeah. you in the middle. Yeah. What were your shows when you would go to? Uh... My shows, well, of course, Cats. Uh, my main show was Little Shop of Horrors, but I, that movie really, like, yeah. I thought this is wild. And I went with my uncle, Alan. Who actually, unfortunately, later died of AIDS in the late 80s. And he was so hilarious that he took me to see Little Shop of Horrors and nobody was laughing in the whole theater. Because it is strange. Like, when you first see it, what's happening here? And he started cackling so loudly that the whole theater, I really, uh, he was like, I'm telling you this is funny. I'm teaching you what is funny. He's doing a service. Yes. And since then, that's been my favorite show. And he, of course, also gave me... A stack of books left me, you know, Betty Davis biography, really all your, the ones you can expect, Vivian Lee, I got it all, all the great biographies, Marlon Brando, on and on, Montgomery Clift, on and on. And so I'm also, unfortunately, as you can imagine, musical theater and into old Hollywood. It's horrible. (laughs) It's a horrible combo. You're from another time and place in so many ways. I'm just a phenomenal mother. (laughs) (laughs) Asking the world to love her. (laughs) Begging. (laughs) Do you remember... How Alan was, f- like, uh, framed for you? How he was explained to you? So it, it, it's a bit tough. But one night I went to dinner with my mom and my grandparents, and it was just us. My I was young. My mom had had way too much to drink and was screaming at my grandparents in the car on the ride home. I mean, I've never seen my mother to this ever scream like that, crying, shrieking, screaming, and yelled at one point and, like, you're not even, you're not okay that he's gay and you're terrible parents. Like it was a really dark scene, Mm -hmm. but she was so upset because they hadn't, they loved Alan, but I couldn't, I think they didn't tell anyone and were, they, you know, were Southern Baptists and just not accepting. And this was before he was diagnosed. And then when he came to tell my parents he was diagnosed, he couldn't bring himself to say that he had AIDS, so he said he was just diagnosed as HIV, but it had been four years, actually. And so when they called his doctor, the doctor said, oh, I actually have to tell you, he has probably like three months to live. 
And so my grandparents told people, and my grandparents were wonderful people, and I know that will not sound like that, but I think they were doing their best, and they mm. were amazing caretakers for him and brought him home, lived with him, took care of him every single second. But they, I think they were telling people in the neighborhood he had cancer, and then my mom basically moved out there and took care of him as well. But we got him a huge TV and, of course, Little Shop of Horrors and all the great movies and the just would sit and watch musicals. Oh All day long, God. yeah. And how old were you? I think I was nine, eight or nine, or ten, yeah. Oh, wow. It, 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 um, it makes so much sense that that's part of your origin story. It's a big part. He would be very proud. I he hope. He is very proud. I hope. Um, why don't we take a quick break, and we'll be right back yeah. with Casey Wilson. Okay, we're back with Casey. Hi. Are you refreshed? I feel good. Good. Can we just dip into this game quickly? Can you just absolutely humor me for a moment? So, uh, our uh, an amazing listener sent made this 2019 Aniston bracket for us. And this is focused on her film work because, you know, we focus so much on her TV. Right. Casey, you have one. Dave and I are going to share one. In 2019, we're looking to her film work. No, we don't have to go through all all of this because this is this. Obviously, it's such a big body of work that my sheet's pretty small. I think that we should. Okay, let's just. So uh, we, we in the first bracket, we've got Leprechaun versus Rockstar. A difficult one because I've seen neither. Oh, and. Rockstar is the one with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I haven't seen Leprechaun, so I'm to vote, right? You're, yes. I, I will vote Rockstar. Okay. And now... Well, but is that your choice also? I suppose... It's, you know what? This is all choosing my children. So okay. there's kind of okay. no wrong answer. Sure. Right. Book. How can you gotcha. choose? Um, and now we're going down to Marley and Me and Dumplin'. I liked Marley and Me a lot. Me it made me cry. Like yeah. a... Baby. Like a baby. Yeah. Like an actual infant. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great so movie. Hard. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. Yeah, Dumplin uh, was fine. I uh, didn't see Dumplin. You know what? I didn't finish Dumplin. I, so there I you have go. a confession to make. I didn't finish Murder Mystery. Oh, neither did I. Interestingly, Netflix. not on here, is it? No, didn't make the cut. He may have made this before Murder Mystery came out. I wow. can't help but notice her finest film and performance is not on here. What Which you, is Friends with Money. Oh my God! Oh you're wow. Right. Yeah, that is. But maybe this is the more commercial work, although Dumplin', yeah. But the good girl is is a is an indie, and that made the cut. Object of my affection is probably my favorite. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that is. Too many to choose from. You know what? Great game, but we don't have to finish this. (laughs) Oh wow! Before we even get, I also really like the breakup. The breakup too. I thought I love the breakup. uh, Didn't see it. That's a tough one because we're choosing between the breakup and the good girl. Now, Mother's Day, that's a tough choice between that and he's just not that into you. Yeah. Because they're such similar films, but I believe she has more to do in Mother's Day. She's given more to work with. Interesting. Right. I could not get into <laughs> We're the Millers. Mm-hmm. I, I very much felt uh, the Chevy Chase and Fletch influence on Jason Sudeikis, who normally I have a massive crush on and love to look at. Yeah. Sure. But I was, I, in fact, even on a plane, I turned it off. Well, that's wow. one yeah. where she does a, a Jason played Mr. Miller? I guess he did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she was played a stripper. And yeah. And has a... And I remember taste. that was like really fun for everyone yeah. to take in. 
that felt really fun. <laughs> Some of her best gifts are sure. from that, the striptease right. she mm-hmm. does in that film. Um, what was your, when, when you played her on SNL, an I- iconic moment of, you know, the planets lining up. <laughs> for four seconds. For four seconds. Uh-huh. For me. Yeah. Um, how did you, you know, tap into How did I tackle that role? Yeah. I mean, it was very difficult, you know. No, I, I don't know. I just had something with her voice, and then it was a sketch about the View with Ben Affleck. I remember, mm-hmm. and um, she was there at the show. Oh, right. You know, she didn't say hi, but <laughs> I think it was just probably so much going on. There's a lot. Going There's on. a lot going on there. But I've heard she is truly the nicest, most normal human. No one's got a bad word to say about her. Nobody does. No. I mean, some people do, and Probably. they say them to me all the time. But, but that's more about you. <laughs> yeah, I than think. Her, yeah. yeah, it's a mirror that reflects back on the person. Mm-hmm. So you two met at NYU. Yeah. Yes. Talk me through it. How how did we come to meet one another? Well, we have different memories, but uh, let's hear yours. Okay, <laughs> my memory is that we met in a clown class with June Diane Raphael. Mm-hmm. A clown class. Yeah, like. Old timey clowning, okay. like with a nose and you can't speak, and you're wearing clothes from like a homeless bin, uh-huh. and you're finding your inner clown, which is your innermost feeling that is like your subconscious feeling. Uh-huh. Mine, of course, was anger. Yeah, mine was a failure. <laughs> like a, over and over again. Well, June's really fun was like clowns. ditzy. Yeah, June's was June's was literally like Minnie Mouse, right? Like optimistic, yeah, and girly, yeah. Mine was mine was abstract clown, yes. and I was just always trying to find a way in. And that teacher just because you really reveal your truest self. And I remember yes. what it says about me: the teacher was always like, "Nope, <laughs> me. <laughs> we reject your truest self." Yeah, maybe she but, the t- he felt like or she felt like that's what your clown was craving: rejection. Oh my god, interesting. I don't know. I, that rings true, actually. How does a clown express anger? I mean, pretty clearly, just yeah. a lot of anger, stomping, and everything, and it's. But I do remember you had to do that exercise where it's called the ring of fire, where the whole class sits in a ring and you cannot sit down until the whole class, everyone at the same time does a like sustained belly laugh, like a real genuine laugh. And if she felt the laughs were fake, it was like, stay up there. And people would be sweating, crying. I'm still in that ring of fire. Yeah. Seven, 10, 15 minutes. It was like the most, worse than watching improv. My blood pressure is excruciating. just hearing about it. That sounds... Terrible. This, I, I think that was probably our second semester of freshman year. Yeah. Or it might have been the sophomore year. Sophomore it might have been year. sophomore year. Yeah. And you remember I being was, friends much earlier? Well, no. I mean, we we did become friends sophomore year, yes. But freshman year, we lived in the same dorm. And I was uh, kind of a uh, – I was – I had not come out of my shell. And so Casey was someone that everybody knew – she was what? A, Who knew me? Well, everybody in our we were in the same acting studio. Everybody knew you there, and I and I feel like I saw you bopping around Weinstein, our dorm. Yeah, and I knew like that's that's the fun girl. <laughs> and she and we were in the same studio, but not in the same class, and so we would cross paths. But it was one of the, it was that very high school dynamic of like, oh, I know who that person is, but they don't know who I am. Yeah, and I remember being I'm sorry in to confirm the, that when I said we met later. Well, <laughs> This lines up because I remember being in the lobby of that dorm, like waiting for someone, and you came in with it was your high school boyfriend, and he was you were still dating in freshman year, Kip. And you walked through the lobby, and you guys had been out for drinks. 
and you walk through the lobby and you're like, hey, I'm like, oh, my God, she knows who I, oh, my God, she remembers me. I was like, hey, where were you guys? And you were like, we were La Margarita. Well, you should come sometime. It was so fun. This is Kip. We have a full chat. And then we leave and you say, bye, Mark. <laughs> and you get on the elevator. I'm so embarrassed. Why would like, I throw a name out so confidently? Uh, it's close enough. I'm Okay. I'm picturing Kip. Yeah. In uh, a rugby shirt with a turtleneck underneath. Definitely rugby shirt. Okay. And like khakis, yeah. Uh-huh. A really, really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. He was a cute guy. Yeah. Kirk um, Cameron-y in my, bra- in my yeah, mind? Yeah, yeah, a yeah. little. Not like curly hair, but the, uh, yes, yes. Okay. So after Kip, you had – we're going to talk about your love life just because okay. we're going to stick to the format of the show loosely. Yeah. Yep. Um, Why not? What – you had some fraught romances in college. Yeah. Yep. Um, but also like your first serious relationship started in college. Yeah. Well, I dated a series of Pauls, right. um, my dad's name as well. Really? Um, my dad said all my Pauls. <laughs> and <laughs> – um, yeah, well, in high school, I had the, like, love of my life, other than my husband, which was this guy, Stephen Wade. <laughs> Everyone knows his name, I, like, in my oh, life. Yeah, He's yeah, a yeah. legendary figure. Mm-hmm. It felt very, like, glass menagerie. I don't know, like, some, or, like, streetcar. Like, it had just feelings of despair, and I was so in love with him, so beyond in love that, it, I guess, till to this day, I... I don't know if I've reached these heights of feeling how much I felt for him. And then one day, the first time we ever had a fight, like a year in, I said, I mean, what? Do you think we should like break up? And he said, yes. <laughs> I was so devastated and shocked. Beyond, shock doesn't even cover it. And yeah. I have not recovered from it. Are and you- I, I still see him occasionally. He came to one SNL and it was like by the gods, like the only SNL where I got to like really do a sketch. And I felt like the universe gave me that. That was a real gift from the universe. My dad invited him and his wife and their child over for Christmas two years ago, and they just Ooh. appeared. Ooh. I mean, it had, was wild. Had David ever met him? Or no, no, ever? no, no. Wow. I'm going to tell you, I felt I sparks guess. were flying. I, I, I don't know what to say to anyone. <laughs> my, uh, just to interject, my, oh, my first, uh, the first time I got dumped, the first guy who dumped me yeah. and just broke my heart and for, devastated me for years, uh, it was in college. The first time I ran into him after college was also the first time I got asked for an autograph. <gasps> it was oh, dream. perfect. Oh, God, it's like you couldn't have dreamed it up better. Yeah. Not, did he ask for the autograph? No. <laughs> well, that <laughs> no. would have been. How did it, I'm so happy for you. I How did this truly it was like it, I got so much closure in that mm-hmm. moment, you know? Uh, it was after the VMAs at Universal in 1998. And, uh, and yeah, he and his boyfriend came because like they oh, so he's there with a boyfriend too. Yeah, and, and it was just as I was leaving, there were like fans on the other side of a gate, and it was just like, "This is thank you, oh, thank you, thank you for this gift." It's like I'm dating someone too, and that's an audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> people of adoring fans. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to should I change his name? No, no. Okay. too late. Yeah, he's the most lovely human. Yeah, and lovely wife and lovely baby. Um, how would you then characterize dating after college? You know, I will say not everyone, but speaking of Little Shop of Horrors, it is truly a direct line from there. My ideal man growing up was Rick Moranis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, that's a man. And I just loved him so much in Little Shop of Horrors. And I have always had such a big personality to me, minus being abused, I thought of myself as like this big personality, 
everyone in my family's a shorter gentleman. I don't know if that played into it, but I always loved a just genuinely nice shorter guy. And it, I, I did not marry that, but that's but you dated a, a, a plethora, a plethora. I just never had, I guess, daddy issues. If anything, I've only dated really, really nice guys, and I've been the terrible, terrible to all of them. <laughs> Horrible. That's not true. But you, you've been the the dumper quite. Well, I mean, more after Stephen Wade, I had to have my guard up. Like, sure. Anything going wrong, like I'm, I'm not going through that again. <laughs> Truly, I won't. I mean, I'm. Very happy that you ended up where you ended up. Couldn't love your husband more. Yeah, me too. Uh, where do you want uh, Rick Moranis back? Of course I do. I yeah. was sad that he didn't participate in Ghostbusters, but yeah. also I think his his wife mm-hmm. passed. Yeah, oh, really. I and I heard from the internet that he retired to take care of his kids. Yeah, and it's just very much like not. I think he was one of the best we ever had. Sure. Did you? Obviously, it's very sad that his wife passed, but did you also see an opportunity in that? I didn't take that as a closed door either. <laughs> and I still don't. It's still not. And I still don't. You we don't know what's going to happen. No. Yeah. I love that. If it doesn't My work husband out says with- all the time, we just moved into a new house and decorated it. And he's like, I do think my second wife will love this. She's going <laughs> to love it here. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know where life takes us. Oh, sorry, I mean, your house is so you. It feels like a. It is like an expression of your soul. <laughs> so. Oh, thank you. That second. I'm just saying that second wife will. She'll be. In I don't know because she'll be much younger, so I don't know if she'll like the things. Because my house is kind of like an old grandma, like just wallpaper. Right. And... Will she appreciate the the retro appeal of that? Right, but maybe it'll come back around for her. I think it could. Yeah, most likely. So early New York years, where were you? Where'd you live? I lived um, all over East Village, Union Square. Then June, Rayfield got me to move out to Bay Ridge, Brooklyn uh-huh. when 9-11 happened. We had just moved there the day before. And it was like an hour train ride. She's like, it's cheaper. And we just ended up cabbing home every night and spending all what we would have spent to of live course. truly in like a high rise yeah. <laughs> on Park Avenue. And um, just bopped all over and lived with June pretty much my whole time until we both started running scams in two separate apartments. And we would throw tenants back and forth where <laughs> it's horrible. We would rent the place and then upcharge the other people renting the other room. So we were like landladies. Uh-huh. And you would make money on your own apartment, essentially. That's correct. And then one time I left the lease out. Oh, and no. yeah. It's horrible. I was not a great person. And um, a gentleman found it, left in the middle of the night, and took the mattress. Oh, no. Yeah. So then I made up flyers about him with his photo that I scattered around FIT. Saying, like, he walked out on the rent. But it's like, well, yeah, he walked out on it because I was paying him too much. And I scattered them, like, around the, like, lobby area where people milled about. Because Kim (laughs) Cattrall just done something like that on Sex and the City where she, like, put a man's face (laughs) on a fire. I'm very big on, like, putting a neighbor or someone on blast with, like, an all-neighbor mailing. And just, like, I will spend hours and get a bright-colored paper and put, like, a fake newsletter together. And just, like, I want everyone to know this person wrote this note on my car. It's so nice that we're all such neighbors. (laughs) This was a long time ago. I used to be unhinged. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You had the real experience with, like, in your, like, two places ago. Yeah, yeah. A neighbor, I was parked out in front of her house facing it with an SUV, and I had left my lights on while I was finishing a conversation with my aunt. Uh-huh. 
this woman, like a ma- older mom, comes out on the steps and I see her flapping her arms and just going crazy. And then she starts like stalking towards me. But I'm like, there's no way this woman's coming for me. Next thing I know, she's picked up speed, is running at full speed, <laughs> flings my door open. It was open. <laughs> Gets in my face like Sigourney Weaver and Alien, like that close. Oh and is screaming, turn your lights I am so shaken to my core that, I I mean, it was nothing has terrified me more than that woman. So I spent a long time crafting a letter that was called, you've heard this, to the woman who resides here. Yeah, yeah. And I sent it multiple times. I would leave it under there. I would hide it in different places. That The premise of the letter was like, I was really going to get her. So I was going to make her seem psychotic to her husband, who I'd seen mailing. <laughs> so it wasn't like addressed to her. It was like to the woman who resides here. And it said like, if this is a husband or children, like you need to seek help for your wife. Like that was the premise. <laughs> wow, <laughs> like making she... them feel like they needed, she needed to be locked up. Like I'm not even dealing with you because you need help. Like Right. I can't even connect with you. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, this is, yeah, I want to embarrass you and then I was afraid she would see the letter and just throw it away. Yeah. So I kept leaving it. Like, no, she needs help, guys. <laughs> so Did you ever get closure with her? I don't never, know. no. No. But when I drive by, I will flick the lights. Of course. Times. You have to. <laughs> guys, I, there's something wrong with me. I have left a lot of that behavior behind since I got on a mood stabilizer. Oh. No, yeah. you're in a re- really good place. I like, wouldn't do that now. All jokes aside. All jokes aside, I would never do that now. The, the lights were shining into her house or just in front you of her house? You know how SUVs will have beams. Like, they're yeah. very bright. Yeah, yeah. But I was 30 feet from her. Yeah. Maybe more. I don't know feet, but I was pretty far. But I guess they were probably just beaming right directly into their living room or something. Okay. It was only like 7 p.m. Also, you can say, hey, turn your lights off. Uh, oh, anything. Yeah. It was insane. I'm just checking the time to see when we have to. By the way, uh, speaking of neighbors. What? Uh, Jackson and Brittany have moved in around the corner from me. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, have you seen them in the neighborhood? Oh yes. Doing, I've, I've seen Jax. Doing what? Taking out the trash. Just like a normal just person. Just a normal stars are just like us. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you, how trash. do you feel? Um, I, I feel, I, I'm curious as to what, you know, the future <laughs> you will curious. bring. You know, I don't, I, I assume there will be parties. Right. Well, you um, said Andy described your neighborhood now as yeah the the Vanderpump Village or the Vanderpump Valley rather yeah because apparently Valley. Tom and Katie and Tom and Ariana are also nearby. So you can you expect filming? I guess. Or are they so. still going to pretend to live in those shitty apartments? No, I think they've made they've all made a big deal out of becoming homeowners. Right. So, right. Yeah. So they'll probably be. This is like the new class. Okay. Yeah. So Dave, congratulations! Could be Dave. On Thank the you. Next I had no season. idea. Thank I would you. have said something earlier. Yeah, no, I I understood. Yeah, that's why I just decided to throw it in. Thank you. I um, feel embarrassed. Jack's a little smaller in person than you would so imagine. So I heard he's Isn't lost a lot way? of weight for the wedding. Yeah. Okay. Now Brittany's wedding dress was a bit tough. I don't know if anyone saw it. Oh, I didn't yeah. see it. She's a gorgeous girl, and I felt it. It didn't do anything for her figure. Uh-huh. Sorry, did the wedding just happen? Yeah, I think it was so over the weekend. God. Yeah, I haven't even seen these pictures. I'm just doing a quick Google. It was interesting, yeah. Okay. But, and I think she's got a terrific figure. Yeah. She cuts quite a figure. Yes. It, it was strange. It, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be interesting. Will you keep us posted? Absolutely, I will. Okay. If you, if they are filming and there's an opportunity, I, I hope that you'll take I it. I hope you'll think of me because my greatest dream, and I'm not kidding, is to just be an extra in the back of a reality show yeah. with Danielle, my co- co-host on my podcast, just walking. We're yeah. not trying to cause a scene. Nothing like that. Right. Simply walking sure. or sitting at a table eating calmly. You could, uh, yeah, I mean, you could, may- maybe you have a line. 
You know, maybe oh, you wow. say something and a, and a microphone catches it. Okay, maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think frequently of the um, uh, This Is Such Fucking Bullshit lady from the uh, New Jersey fashion show where uh, oh, yeah. somebody oh, yeah, yeah, rips yeah. Danielle's scalp off or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. There's a woman as there's a scuffle. Yeah. There's a woman who goes, this is such fucking bullshit. Wow. And it's like, yeah. I've never I've never seen her before, never yeah. since. Anyway. Someone who's unaffected by all of the yeah. chaos. But yeah, yeah, yeah. She's but angry she got no her thoughts what. out there. Yeah. She did. She did. It's eternal. Um, we, I just did a live show with you and Danielle that was the one of the most fun nights I've had in a very long time. It was so fun. I mean, your audience loves you so much. Well, they love the housewives. And they love the way that you frame the housewives for them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It was. It's like a sporting event. And you've given these people an outlet that they just didn't have. Yeah. I do think that. Yeah. It's it's that we've been just the last two times watching the shows together. And that is a whole new level of exploration and fun. It truly is like watching home videos of your old crazy aunts and seeing them over seeing them together. So everybody's yeah. laughing at the same lore and like all the same weirdness because they're all we are all in the same family with these crazy people. It's so weird. And it's so cathartic for people to just simply sit there and watch it in the same room as you. And people love the mundane stuff just as mm-hmm. much as the like it's amazing. I it, it was so fun. Um let's talk about your status as a my activism gay no, I'm icon. <laughs> You have plenty of activism. Uh-huh. You're a phenomenal mother. Yeah, well, well. Um, so it, you had sort of a connection to the gay community from a young age. Obviously, we talked about your uncle Alan, yeah. but um, I, as long as I've known you, you've had you know run-ins, gay boyfriends, gay boyfriends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how many I tried to get. <laughs> well, you were at NYU. Yeah. yeah. And a lot, it was that time when a lot of guys hadn't come out yet. Yeah. So it was like, maybe. I think I tried to kiss you, Matt. I think so. That is yeah. so embarrassing. We were going to a. I'm so embarrassed. I don't think we've ever even discussed this. Let's get it. I don't know it. if we have. We were going to Lindy's yeah. apartment, our friend Lindy. Um, and it was a, I hate to say it, but a. Pimps and Pimps hose and hose party. Themed party. It was a different time. It, it was pre Me Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were very excited to be all gussied up. <laughs> oh, we were so excited. And and what it, better night to find love with a gay friend that you've only been friends <laughs> with for a couple of years? <laughs> I had just come out very recently. <laughs> but that to me is like my perfect timing. Sure, it's not uh, like right before even. It's like it's like I'll test you, and then no one has ever been like sure. But you keep trying, and yeah. that's what people love about you. I literally, right now, I'm fasting four times. I've aggressively tried to kiss a gay man. Like, not four? asked or said, like, hey, I would never do that now. I mean, that's just wrong. No. But, but I mean, if, not if, aggressively, if just, like, leaned in, like, let's do this. Right, yeah. I have like, to be, like, physically, like, pushed off, pushed away. In that moment, you're like, well, you're clearly feeling what I'm feeling, A hundred percent. And they're like, in- no, we're just going to see American Beauty for the fourth time together. <laughs> like, we're clearly pals. But I think you're you're right in a, in the sense that they are they they're feeling something. Sure, it's it is not passion, little, but it is a strong connection. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, in that night, because that that was like we had gone. I think earlier that night to a party at your sorority, Casey was in a sorority, which was a what? very rare oh, thing I'm at so NYU. Sorry, everyone. Most which people one? Don't even know there was existed. only one. 
Okay. It was a Jewish sorority. I'm not Jewish. Um, DeFi, and I didn't tell anyone in the acting world because I was so embarrassed. And then I, I quit midway. But I have to say, I still love all those girls. Oh, Emily, I was like always trying to turn NYU into something it wasn't, yeah. like UVA or like just a fun like. As though there was like a lawn and things were going on that were normal. And it was like, we're not that. Yeah. We're never going to be that for you. But I was kind of craving that too because I was from Ohio and all of my friends are in these like Midwest schools going to frat parties and everything. So yeah. I got to experience it. Yeah. You scratched that itch for <laughs> yeah, those I of did. us who need it. Yeah, nobody seemed to need it. Yeah. I was just the opposite. I tried to turn Holy Cross into something that it definitely was not. What did you want it to be? I wanted it to be groovy like NYU. Yeah. Oh, you know? Okay, right, right. And all of, of our artsy selves to, uh, to come to the surface. Nobody and were you there four self. years? I was. Five, actually. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> What's right. the story with that fifth year? Yeah, what, what happened there? Uh, well, I, uh, I, I got kicked out after my freshman year. So I actually was only there four years, but my full college experience was five. Okay. And what happened, if I may? Oh, I just never went to class. Okay, great. Yeah. Just your standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. But nice that they let you right back in. Yeah, after a year. Oh, so you go had for, it, you had go for a year, you take a year off. And I love yeah. how you were like, I will go right back to that same school what? Well, that I yeah, hated. That I didn't like yeah. and that isn't what I want. I won't go to New York. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, I got to New York and I sorted it out. But anyway. Okay, this isn't okay. about me. I want uh, to. Okay, so uh, so you're at a pimps and hoes party. Yeah, we lean in. before going to the. We were actually we were. I lived in the same building as the pimps and hoes party, and we stopped by my place first. I think so I could change because we had. Go, I had gone to. And in Casey's defense, I was her date to like a dinner for her sorority. She should have said no. And yeah. so it had the 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 night had the texture of a date it did and then was. i was we going back i changed into my 70s right. whatever my and that's where was. i thought the mood was right before a party uh-huh. not not during mm-hmm. or after <laughs> to just try to kiss someone that when i tell you and this is no offense to you matt no. but the idea had never come to my head it wasn't yeah. like tonight's tonight it was like literally never come to my head but I'm always very impulsive, and I was just like, I'm going to try this, and it woo, did not work. But we roll with it, and we still went to the party. Oh, we, we had, had a great, great time. time. Never. It, was it was no was, thing. It was no sure. problem. And yeah. also, when I tell you, and I'm not being self-deprecating here, I'm trying to paint an accurate picture. I was hideously ugly in college. So, I so inaccurate. It is a full, a so full face of braces, cystic acne. I mean, I was. Well, that's why I was like, maybe I can penetrate his sexuality. (laughs) He seems gettable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if anyone's defenses are down (laughs) and immunity is low, it is. I need need pictures of college Casey and Matt. Oh, I got some. Yeah, you were a blonde. You were a blonde. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm the only one in Hollywood dyes her hair much darker than it is, but yeah. my hair is just no color. And then after my mom died, about three weeks later, I made the strange choice to drive myself to Rite Aid and dye my hair her color. Oh. It was different. Which was what? This. That. Okay. And I've kept it. But it was like jet black when I dyed it, so I'm terrible. But so, so I was like, to, I'm yeah. going to look like my mom now is just strange. It's but, so hard to imagine you with any other color now. I think so. And you and June swapped because she yep. had dark hair in college, and now I can't imagine her as anything. Neither than can I. She's an eternal blonde. Yeah, I couldn't keep it up. The blonde, I didn't. I guess maybe I could, but I didn't feel I had what it took at that time of life, like going yeah. through grief to be a blonde. It's like people Damn, want something yeah. of you. Yeah, they want some sunshine. That they was want not something that I available. could not deliver. Sure. Yeah. I'm just trying. I'm really sitting with you as a blonde, and I'm trying to picture what if you walked in today and it just My coloring is all blonde. Wrong. I would be alarmed. Yeah, I know. I know. This is right. Thank Let's you. Let's just stay put. Thank you.
Um, I think we have to let you out of here soon. Oh, Do you feel like oh, no, you've gotten... I have like 13 minutes. Oh, good. Great. <laughs> Great, guys. 13 whole minutes to play with. Yeah. And we've left it on grief. I, I mean, it keeps coming back to this topic. Yeah. I mean, it's a, is this something that you have, you know, walked through in your I mean, adult life? everyone has. We all do. Yeah. Um, but I love that we're interviewing you right now when I feel like you are at such a, I feel like I've seen my friend flower in such a beautiful way. Oh, wow. And Thank you. We've gone through our ups and downs. We, you know, Again, and, I cite my mood stabilizer, but yes, it's, I think I so. I, um, and I know not a, lot, not a lot of people are into astrology, and I'm not either. But once I identified that I, well, I'm Italian and a Scorpio, and I felt, and an actress, it's like those three things are working against me in terms of anger issues and explosiveness and rage. And I mean, my parents just yelled the whole time growing up, like, it wasn't, it's not bad to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I've had to really adjust that thinking. My husband is so not a confrontational guy. He doesn't like yelling. Like, even the sm- slightest yelling feels like a 10 to him, so... I've had to really reframe, like, what people can take. Because I would just scream at people and then breeze right back through the room. And, like, what do you want to watch? Because I've let it go. And they yeah, are just, like, yeah. shaking. <laughs> yeah. Dave, I feel you're looking at me. You're upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I Do you ever yell? Very rarely. I, yeah, I can't. I don't sense I that. Can't from you. Very rarely. I can't imagine it. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. When was your last big yell? Um. Wow. I can't remember. Wow. Yeah, I should yell more, but I don't. So in a fight, you just speak very calmly and say what's on your mind. Um, yeah, no, I try. Yeah, I, I try to choose my words very – I kind of a little bit go inward. So and you then, don't, for instance, like go over to your dresser and swipe all your jewelry off and smash it all to pieces or take your phone and throw it through a sliding glass door. No. Rendering yourself contactless and <laughs> communicative, not communicative. No, I don't. I should. No. I've had to have a guy come in and drywall wow. over, like, a lot of things. Mm. It's tough. Yeah, no. When was your last explosion that you can remember? When I um, – I think my last big one was when I – after I had my first son. That's when I threw the phone at the sliding glass doors. But that was, like, my worst time. I was had postpartum. I wasn't sleeping. Uh-huh. It's eating terribly. It was, like, my lowest. I was so frustrated yeah. with motherhood and everything. But like then since then, yeah, I got on – well, again, mood stabilizer, guys. Okay. It's really helped me. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Which one? Or do of you, course. It's you... called Lamictal. But if you look it up, it kind of comes up as an anti-seizure medication, mm. which is troubling. But that's not what it's being – they give it to a lot of women with postpartum in conjunction with like a Wellbutrin. Apparently, it's like a good combination. Okay. Yeah. So I, ha- I, I got off both in between both my kids, and now I got on again after my second. And I don't know if I'm going anywhere. Okay. Uh, you seem like you are in, and I mean, I think obviously my my life is it feels in a good place, but it's been, I mean, amazing to condense. Like you know, if you see those, what are those charts of something's like? What do you call that? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could help you, but yeah, I, like it, it basically just takes your moods. They're still in, my mood swings are so large, and they're definitely still there. All the feelings It's just slightly condensed to more okay. manageable, like. Yeah, the fire that is within the you. Scale, never the scale, the scale is just yeah. slightly okay. shrunk. Okay. Yeah, I feel like if I were on this this medication, I would yeah. be complete a complete blank. Yeah, you there would be but nothing left. There would be nothing left. Yeah. There's barely anything there as there is. But the the fire that's within you, it's still burning. Yeah, but course. it's not like ruining relationships or okay. causing not physical harm, but harm to yeah. friendships or sure. 
Yeah. What was your last explosion, uh, Matt? I'm do you and Michael fight like that? We never yell. Michael is not a yeller. He's such a gentle soul. And even when I like speak firmly to him, he will sometimes in a in a in a fight, and I'm putting this a fight in quotes because we don't have real fights, but when we have a an issue or a disagreement, he tends to end up crying. Which is which How disarms weak. the whole no, thing. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it's just, he's just so not for you know. And I think he probably perceives me the way you're describing yourself. I think he sees this like fire, insane. Yeah, anger he should come ball. over to my house because he's Italian. So I'm surprised he I hasn't. Know, but, but he's also Canadian. Yeah, the, the Canadian sort of. Yeah. Did he grow up around rage? No, I think everybody in his family is pretty. Um, you know, there, there's like a lot of mild temperaments there. And I not- think it's innate, but it is also like if I see my, you know, my, I saw my mom like throw a chair at my dad once. And when I tell you this was not a thing, it's not right. like this makes some devastating mark on me. It's just like, oh, this is how people relate. Oh, it, yeah, a lot yeah, of it was yeah. just an, a learning of like, oh, they don't behave like that. Yeah. And like slowly gathering more and more information of like, oh, this isn't okay. Yeah, Whoa, yeah, yeah. No one's doing this. Yeah. Okay, okay. And just trying to get with the program of what most people do. And my parents were mostly, it was like quiet hostility and the majority of their lives. But then with explosions of screaming and all night screaming matches that, you know, scarred, but Hey, just got divorced Uh, later in life, later in life. She's 74 and stepping out for the first time. So happy as a clam. It's never too late. I don't know who needs to hear that, but (laughs) a lot of people never too late. Um, before we let you go, we should ask you about happy endings. Because I feel like oh, uh, so many people, gay men in particular, are carrying a torch for that show, specifically for Penny. And I guess my question is, what was it like as the as that show began to rise in popularity and you thought, oh, you know what? I am a gay icon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I am what I always suspected. No, no. <laughs> I had just um, left, well, been let go of Saturday Night Live. So when I got the show, I was also just so happy to have a job. And I thought I'll never work again. And so it was just such a joyous time of life for me, feeling like I'm getting to do at least a part that I feel good about. Because SNL was such an experience of like being on the bench. And it's just not a great way to feel. Yeah. And so then playing Penny was just like an extension of myself, really. And just getting to shine. But then on top of that, when people responded to it, it was like more than we could have ever hoped for. And it's so sweet. I mean, I myself will fall back on comedies in really bad times. Like I've at one point watched like Kimmy Schmidt like five times through. Mm. Like, you know, when you just get in a headspace of like, your friends on these shows like kind of comfort you. And I I have felt that that show has done that for people. And and believe me, I'm not saying it's like saving lives. But I think people just really liked the humor and it's so fun and stupid. And and people have either never heard of it or they are just really, really love it so much. I think our listeners have heard of it Uh, yeah, yeah, in a big way. Yeah, it was just so much fun. And I loved every single person on the show was so funny. And I met my husband on the show and all of it. It was a great time of life. But in terms of I think people really responded to Adam Pally's character, Max, and sure. our friendship. And it was just so fun to show that relationship, as I've discussed, is so the center of most of my relationships. Mm-hmm. So to get to kind of show that relationship on screen and that love story yeah. of a woman and a gay man is is one of the greatest love stories of all time. And I was incredibly jealous of him. And it was only made okay by the fact that I knew he was deeply straight. <laughs> 
in real life. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's how I feel about Phoebe Waller Bridge. It's yeah. like, uh oh, but uh-oh. no, yeah. but no, but no, but no. Uh, did you ever come into contact with Katy Perry after being her? No, I never have. Hmm. I would have loved because she was going to buy that convent in our neighborhood. Yeah, and that right. fell apart. That mm. deal. That's too bad. I'm sure that would have been my that? entree. She killed a nun, and she liked it. <laughs> Who's in that convent <laughs> now, by the way? I don't know. But I think the nuns. Or no oh. one, maybe. Hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I want to go back and just say one thing to you, Matt, which is that, you know, you are always have been and you are. And I, I, I'm not going to say this phrase that I know angers a lot in the gay community, but maybe I'll say the phrase so we know what area I'm in. Mm. Okay. Mm, people are like, that's, I'm not going to say it. Like my my main gay, you know, when people say that sure, and everyone's sure, like, sure. gets very upset. Well, Casey, thank you so much for Okay, uh, I know I've offended everyone no, no, so no. deeply, but <laughs> in terms of all my, the of all the gays I've loved before, <laughs> I would say you're right, you're at the top. It's the deepest honor, I mean. I, <laughs> well, that's the it, thing is all of our girlfriends, there's probably 10 women that would feel like Matt likes me the best yes. and are going home uh-huh. confident in that feeling but that's you because you are so generous with your love and if you get married it will be very tough that's when the rubber is going to hit the road oh boy <laughs> with the wedding party and if i were you i would not do one i don't think i can only because i believe that it will hurt my, too many people. we just I, I i mean michael and i had a one of our very he'll hate that i'm talking about this but we had very few conversations about getting married and we happened to have just had one and and that was and your I big yelling fight no <laughs> that's when i threw my phone through a sliding glass uh-huh. because i was like i want a wedding party and he just doesn't want a wedding he doesn't want he doesn't have the need to be i have the potential to be a true bridezilla oh you do yeah and he has the exact opposite instinct which is why i love him so much but he's like God, I just had a flash of, like, I should dress up as Jennifer Aniston if you were to have a wedding and come and, like, do a surprise. Officiate. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, you might be called on because... And then did he say he would? He just doesn't want to... He doesn't want any of the... The bells and whistles. He doesn't want to do anything. He 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 likes. So the he doesn't idea want of, fun. He yeah exactly. I, I was like, it's not about what you want. It's about what the it's about, people want. Right. About our friends and family. It's not about him. You know, I'm there's talk kidding. of like, what if we just had a party and then people showed up and and I'm like, but no one would. A party that we're flying our parents out for. What are we doing? I don't understand. Yeah, and where's the like ritual? Yeah, I don't know why I brought this. Want oh, need. I mean, yeah. So would I have a wedding party in that scenario? Definitely not. Um, I think that's right. And then you'll be showered with so much affection. Of course. Yeah, of course. I mean. I, Michael's so graceful. He is a dignified Now, is your being. dog snoring, be picking up on camera? Oh, oh absolutely. On audio? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. for sure. Ryan yeah. is nodding. Yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry. I, I, please take it as a compliment that she feels safe this in your presence. And she's, yeah. yeah. And I'm, she hasn't been gassing up the room, which is a nice change really nice. from what she normally yeah. does. <laughs> um, we've had like moments where people are in full tears and then I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm it's the smell's going to hit you any minute. And then people are just yeah. evacuating. In full tears. That's so tough. <laughs> um, that's a tough, that's like seeing 42nd street. Yeah. And then it's just the real juxtaposition. Case, I know we have to let you go. I just, I, I, I have to thank you for doing this. It, it's so right that you are the guest for our. 100th. I mean, I've never been more honored that I was allowed this spot. I mean, it is you know. It feels right, but it, no, it is right. It, it, it is right. It, it's what the you. people want. I love your your podcast, and I I'm happy that you're expanding, just giving us more to more content. Yeah. 
Thank you. We're, we're giving you more content. And, you know, and you are the reason I'm here in so many ways because you I always say, like, every queer person's experience is very different. And my experience uh, to I mean, you're joking about me having all of these women friends. But like my experience has been this. I was someone who was always lifted up by my female friends yeah. and sort of helped along the way. Um, and you always, always done that for me. And the only reason that I have even in podcast land is because of you, because getting to guest on bitch sesh, but then you let me do that mini series on your feed. So your subscribers are suddenly getting this. You did. They're suddenly getting this thing where we're talking about some raunchy gay sex and you're so that's, your that's what our happy about no, that's what our listeners want i mean some it was didn't. the most i mean really some did not well then turn it off who didn't turn uh, it off like one people, person i'm sure yeah. matt got one person in yeah. in his head um but and dave uh, i never glimpsed you in the flesh I, this is the first time we've ever met. Fa- but it doesn't feel like that in my head. No. Because I talked to Matt about you and yeah. I, your yeah. presence in my life. Yeah. And, and listening to the podcast especially. You're so funny. So yeah, funny truly. and so nice. Thank you. So and you, you know that he has, I mean, you could talk about this at another time, but has rubbed shoulders with all the, the you know, all those greats. I know. The glitterati. So, yeah. We have a lot to talk Can about. Can I ask sure. Bruce Pazzi, are we getting there with you? No. Okay. I, I haven't, uh. I haven't had lunch with Bruce. Okay. Have you? <laughs> God, no. I'm just, I would love to. Yeah. Bruce is, for whatever reason, like the person I want to get at most. He's really? the most Almost in life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's hard to get at. Yeah. He's not. Do you, are you a Radio Andy listener? I mean, I'll, I'll dip in and out. Sure. Yeah, but I, I just, something about Bruce has captivated me. Yeah. <laughs> he captured my heart. Yeah. He makes you want to go. The, the fifth gay man that you try to kiss. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I will lean across that table at the palm and <laughs> go over for it. Your, over your lunch steak. <laughs> that always seems so strange to me. But anyway. Um, Casey, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, you guys. I thank am you. so happy to be here and excited for your show. Thank you. Bye. Woo! Casey Wilson. Casey. Catherine Rose Wilson. A fire cracker. Truly. A Scorpio in the most Scorpio sense of the word. Yeah. Uh, Casey, I love you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you to everybody at Earwolf uh, for all of their support and energy and expertise over the last hundred episodes. Yes. Ryan. Ryan. Dana. Colin. Colin. Brent. Uh, Chris Bannon. Chris and uh, thank you to Ben Wise thanks ben for, Wise for the music. beautiful theme song. And thank you, Dave Holmes. Thank you, Matt McConkey. Here's to another 100 episodes. Ding, dang. Ding, dang.